Welcome back to the Sim Racing Den, where I dive into the world of virtual motorsports and connect with the passionate individuals who fuel this incredible community and hobby. In this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with fellow YouTuber in the sim racing scene, Seth, or better known as Aero Veloce. Seth has made a name for himself, captivating viewers with his high quality content, his sense of humor, and his enthusiasm for all things sim racing and cars. We talked about how he got started on YouTube and some of the challenges with making content, and we delve into why he's so passionate about sim racing. But our conversation goes beyond the digital track as I aim to understand Seth's underlying passion for cars and racing and tracing it back to where it all began. I hope you enjoy this chat with Errol Veloce as much as I did. Seth, AKA Errol Veloce is welcome to the sim racing den. You're here, you're here with me virtually. I'm excited to have you on here. The first content creator, other content, other YouTuber on the podcast. And it's episode two, so that makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I appreciate you making the time. I know it was a little tricky. Like we're we're in different time zones. I'm yeah. all the way up north in Toronto, and you're out west, down south, kind of a couple hours difference in what Southern California now. Is that where you're yeah, you're based? California. Yeah. Okay. Have you lived there your whole life? Like what is that where you grew up? Uh well, first, thanks for having me yeah. on. I've been I've been looking forward to this. And, awesome. Uh, I've always liked uh, you know collaborating with other creators, especially in the same space. So this is this is cool to be here. Yeah. But yeah, I've um I originally I was born in Florida. I grew up till about six years old in Florida, and then uh, my uh, my father decided he wanted to. He's always loved California, and he wanted to bring the whole family there. So nice. I moved there, and I basically spent up my my whole life up until about three years ago I actually moved to Ohio I spent three years in Ohio and then I came back to uh to Southern California I imagine so, Ohio is very different than California very different <laughs> yes it is very different it's not necessarily bad it's different but you know I enjoyed my time out there yeah um but definitely I mean it's nice to be back with friends and family again that I would probably that was the bad part about leaving. Yeah. And so that's the thing I was most excited about for to return here. So for sure. And I know like every place has its car culture, even here in Toronto, there's actually a really big car culture here. Mm -hmm. um, actually, there's a lot of car shows going on this summer, but I know California is like kind of known for a big car car culture out there. Oh, yeah. That's, it's like it's that's kind of like the epic, epic sure. zone, right? Like I know recently, like just kind of looking at your socials and stuff, obviously I follow and subscribe to you. Um, you know, you, you've been kind of visiting some different centers. You were at the Sparco store, which is, I, mm -hmm. I thought that was, I was kind of jealous that you have that like <laughs> in your backyard. Cause in Toronto, there's not a lot of places where you can go see stuff like that. Um, but I, I like asking this question and I've, I've heard this question asked before and, and I like asking it cause it's, it's interesting. Like what was your like your earliest memory of just like getting into cars or racing like for me it started with my dad and at a very young age like how did that how did you end up because i know you're a car guy for sure so basically i mean it pretty much started from when i was in the womb i mean there's pictures of my parents and my mom's pregnant and they're at car <laughs> shows my dad has been uh he's been a hot rod fan since he was 14 so as soon as i came out it was like cars are going to be a thing. You were pretty and, much had no choice. It sounds yeah, like. exactly. Yeah. And so I, I kind of grew up in the hot rod space because that was what my dad liked. So uh, mainly like muscle cars, like like uh, the 69 Corvettes, Camaros, awesome. Mustangs and all, you know, everything in the muscle car era. And 
of course, uh, I mean, that's probably my favorite as well from the hot rod generation. Uh, but you know, things like 55 Chevy way before and like yeah. 32 Fords and stuff, all very cool. But I was always, a, I appreciated the muscle cars. That was my favorite. And then as I got older, obviously, I mean, even as a kid, I loved supercars and stuff, you know, yeah. I see Ferraris and McLarens and Porsches. And I was like, oh, I kind of like these too. And then when I started driving, I was like, oh, I like driving the most. Yeah, That's my favorite aspect of it now because I've been... I've been to so many car shows, so many good guys car shows. I've been to SEMA since I was about 14 years old. Yeah, I saw you um, did some coverage there. Yeah, yeah, I, it's on my bucket list. Like I, I gotta go, and I haven't even been to Vegas before. So, oh yeah, yeah. oh you gotta go. Uh, yeah, if you've never been to SEMA, it's a wild experience. I mean, yeah, it's just you get jaded just by the insane cars you see. And that's yeah. kind of where I'm at now is like, that's why I love driving so much. Cause I've seen, and I've looked at beautiful cars so much is like, okay, I want to burn the tires off of them. Now I don't want to keep <laughs> looking at them anymore, but, so. um, it, it is a great experience. Uh, oh, for I, sure. I imagine like you growing sure. around, growing up around classic cars. So is your dad like, what, what did he like restoring cars or, um, yeah. So, I mean, my dad, he, uh, Growing up as a kid with friends, and I can't remember every car that he had, but yeah. I believe his brother had like a Z28 or something or like a 68 Camaro. Uh, my dad, when he was 18 or 19, ended up buying a, um, I'm not sure what year, it's in the 70s, but the the C3 Corvette. And then oh, when yeah. the C4 came out, he uh, he swapped and upgraded to the C4, and then he did a bunch of modding to that. And, um, and probably a couple different things here in between. And even, I don't know if you can see it behind me, but oh, yeah. there's, there's, um, that's a fifth gen SS Camaro. That's oh, nice. a project we started, uh, years and years ago. And that it's actually, that's supposed to be a car that's uh, displayed at SEMA. Oh, that's uh, cool. But that's, I mean, that could be a whole podcast oh, sure. in itself. Oh, I'm sure. Well, we'll do it. We'll do another one. Don't worry. We'll do yeah, it. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been all over the place. Um, yeah. and yeah, so I, it just, you know, it makes sense. It totally makes sense yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what would like, what's your, like, if you could have any car, supercar, muscle car, like what's your favorite dream car right now? I kind of get the sense you're into McLarens too. I am very much. I saw you McLaren's. post a picture of the McLaren GTR. You were because we kind of had to reschedule this because you were at a car a show today or or at the HRE. Yeah, um, yeah. I was at the I, HRE open house. Yeah, which was, it looked like they had some cool cars there. Various. I was. I mean, it's HRE wheels, which are you know top yeah. of the line, uh, top of the line wheels. Yeah. So I was expecting to see some cool stuff, but man, there was a lot of really nice. Yeah, stuff. that G that Senna GTR, like that's oh, it crazy. Was, it was with the beautiful. Senna livery and yeah. everything. Yeah, it was that's beautiful. Wild. Yeah, it was beautiful. Backtrack. What was the original? <laughs> <laughs> so, so any car, like any car, you oh, can have okay. any car. Favorite, oh, like favorite dream car right now. So that's a tough one. I love asking. Me and my buddies do this. Ask this question all the time, and it usually changes, right? Because as new cars come out, we kind of have this debate again. It's like you know, there's different questions like, oh, four car garage. What what do you have? But I just like to know, like, what's your dream car? You so, know. So, if I was to pick one. 
I would it's so hard. It's, it's so hard. So, it's one easy is for me. Hard. I actually know exactly what it is. I would probably do like the McLaren P1, but the GTR. Oh, okay. That's and a then good maybe maybe even uh taking it or Lazante is the one that makes them street legal. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. yeah. I saw the, a YouTube video where it would they had one at a dealer in Dubai or something. Mm -hmm, it was yeah. like they've only made a few of these street legal like p1 gtrs right and actually that senna gtr that i saw at the hre open house it had a montana license plate so oh, really? i wonder if that was one of the converted cars for the senna's uh because the senna gtr is not a street legal car either no um it's kind of but, like a uh, customer race it's kind of like i guess like the remember the ffx program where you yes, like sign yeah. up and is that yeah. how, i think that's how it works right Maybe. I think it's pretty similar to it. Yeah. yeah. I, I know Ferrari is kind of weird where like with that program, you don't take the car. Oh, no. They store, store yeah. it for you. I think with McLaren, there may, may be a little bit more lead. You get to put it in your garage at least. Yeah. Yeah. At least take it home. But yeah. Doesn't but, yeah, that seem not, wild to yeah. spend like millions of dollars and then. But I guess you have it's, you know, it's the closest those any that person can get to race car, real race car driving. Right. Yeah. And I mean, so. I get. I guess if you're buying one of those, you already have like 10 other Ferraris or 20 oh, other for Ferraris sure. to take for a spin on the street when you want. So. For sure. For sure. So McLaren but, P1, that's a good choice. Yeah. You know, I'm a Porsche guy. So like right now, right now it would be the new um, GT3 RS, like the brand, the 992. Yeah. I didn't put the picture, but I saw one of those for the first time in person today. Yeah. Very nice. It's, I feel like that's the ultimate, um, like it's definitely a track toy. But I, mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's what I would drive on the weekend. Every weekend, I'd pull that out. Oh, uh, it's those know. cars are fantastic. I mean, because, yes, they are a track toy. Yeah. And I almost want to go back and go towards the regular McLaren P1 because yeah. when you make a car like we all want the most racy looking car and we want to drive it on the street because it's cool. Yeah. But in reality, they're kind of miserable to be in on the street. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, to just go like out for dinner with your wife or girlfriend, mm -hmm. the car's just like, you know, every bump. Yeah. It'd be fun, right? But yeah. Yeah. That's but cool. The, yeah. The GT3 uh, Porsches are a good, I think, compromise where yeah. you get that track toy, but it's still somewhat livable on the street. Yeah. Too. They're pretty drivable. Yeah. They're pretty comfortable. Yeah. So, what, are you watching any, um, Real life, like, what's your favorite like real life motorsport to watch? So I've actually been, you know, I've been watching the Love Ma all day. Oh, sat, have you? Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't think I would be able to do it. I I did my chores this morning. I mowed the lawn and then I put <laughs> Le Mans on. And I've literally just been sitting on the couch, um, watching it. It's actually been like so. This is the hundredth year, right? Um, yeah. and it's so wild because it's so cool to have like Ferrari back, Porsche back mm -hmm. with their hypercars, like you know it's not just Toyota at the front. Right. And you got Peugeot and like the whole race has been really exciting and there's been rain like off and on. So it's just been like wild to watch. Um, do you I watch anything right now? Right now? I mean, I'll dabble into F1. Funny yeah. enough, I was never a sports watcher of really any sport me and neither. getting to sim racing was what actually wanted me to watch more motorsport. And oh, then I started watching uh, Formula One, obviously. And I've been trying to get into, like, I really want to get into IMSA because that's what yes. I currently drive the most on iRacing. Absolutely. The LMP2 is so much fun to drive. Um, and I just like the mixed car class a lot. But yeah. 
it seems like every time I was like, oh, you need this pl platform. And then for Formula One, you need this. And then if yeah. you want to watch Le Mans, you need to go over here. And I was like, it's all over the place. So I wish they would kind of consolidate them a little bit more. They need like but, a, like a, so it's hard in Canada too, to get a lot of these broadcasts. It's like, mm. so I didn't even think I'd be, I, I couldn't watch Le Mans like in previous years, but I guess it is, it's Motor Trend TV for North yeah, America. Yeah. So there's actually an app for the Apple TV, which I use for streaming. So I was like, okay. it was like $4.99 a month. I'm like, oh, done. I'm I'm signing yeah. up so I can watch Le Mans. But um, we're we're diehard F1 fans. Like my wife and I, we watch F1 like oh, that's awesome. every weekend. I yeah. think she's like more of a fan than I am. Like I'll get <laughs> I'll get antsy like halfway through the race if it's boring and then go like sit in the rig because I just like want to race myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done like watch parties in Discord with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Who watch the Formula One race. And then afterwards, everybody's like, I feel like driving. <laughs> yeah. But IMSA is yeah. definitely really cool. Um, I'm going to a, a, one of the IMSA races here. So they do make a stop Ooh, nice. at Mossport, um, which okay. is Canadian Tire Motorsports yeah. Park. So uh, which I think is beginning of July. So. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that'll be my first time going to IMSA race. Because I, I kind of agree with you. Like, actually, since I started sim racing, like, I was always kind of watched F1. But I feel like now I'm actually watching motorsports more because I kind of, like, you almost learn more about it from the sim. And then you kind of or just kind of get more into it, I guess. You can right? kind of relate a little bit more. Yeah. Too. You're like, yeah. oh, I know how that feels. Yeah. 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 Or even... <laughs> Uh, I'd have issues where like I'd watch, you know, a race and I don't know the track and it's like, yes, I don't even know where we're going. But when you've driven the track in a sim and then you watch the race, it's like, oh, you, you just get so much more of an understanding. Oh, yeah. and even watching Le Mans today, like trouble. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I know those corners like I've yeah. driven that track so many, so many times virtually. It's like, you know, the challenge that that is right. Yeah, for sure. They, so, they had it playing at the HRE open house. So I got us all a little bit. And then I did oh, okay. see a couple of clips on the way home. I, I didn't realize it was like raining so bad. Did you see them like yeah. doing 360s and stuff? It looked like they were figure skating out there at one point. Yeah. It was just cars like going off. Like there's actually been like even the whole race because I guess it had rained before. So the track has been sort of different degrees of slick. Mm, so okay. like drivers are just all of a sudden spinning out out of nowhere because they just yeah. hit a little patch and they're like what the hell happened right um so it's it's been a little crazy because there's been so many yellow uh flags and things but i think if you're gonna catch it watch it like you know at the end like in the morning mm -hmm. that's yeah. when everyone starts like battling for position that's yeah yeah so so this kind of leads me into my next question so how did how did sim racing start like how what was your first introduction to sim racing like what led you to start you know, putting together the rig because your rig is like pretty wild now, but I'm curious to know like what was the first sort of iteration and how did that happen? So I first started I, I, around 2018, 2019, or I think around that time. And I had had an, I built an MX-5 autocross car. So I gutted the interior. I did the suspension oh, cool. on it. Um, I put new seats and did a whole bunch of work to make it basically a extremely lightweight, great autocross car while I was going to, uh, to college. And I would drive down to, um, the charger stadium in San Diego and the SCCA would host uh, autocross events there. Mm -hmm. And that was a ton of fun. But one of the car that I would use to drive to school, um, broke down. And then I had to drive my track toy car to school every day and i had ripped out ac out of that thing oh man it was i bet you it was loud metal. too 
it was extremely loud, had a roll bar and harnesses and everything. And, um, and one of the issues I had with it was that I had tried to seal like every hole in the cabin now that, you know, I've completely gutted it because it felt like you're getting carbon monoxide poisoning when you drive this thing. Um, and I'd have friends that would ride and we'd go, uh, we'd cruise. Uh, there's um, a road uh, near me called Palmar Mountain. Uh, okay. If you're familiar with like the uh, LA Canyons map uh, on that modded map. Oh, on yeah. Of Corsa. I've driven that a few times. So that's north of me. Um, that's Angeles Crest. But south of me, there's Palomar Mountain, which I actually prefer. It's m tighter, more technical, and oh, really? even more fun to drive, in my opinion. Cool. Uh, and I used to drive that all the time, and I'll take some buddies. My buddies, after we're done, they're like, man, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, I had gutted, the, or I had stripped the car, and I basically sold all the parts and, yeah. and basically said goodbye a little bit to uh, to autocrossing and driving and stuff. Yeah. And at that point, I uh, I built a computer just for gaming reasons. And my girlfriend at the time, she was going to uh, Art Center College in Pasadena, and she took a VR like game design class. Oh, interesting. So she had to get a HTC Vive. And oh, okay. so we, you know, when she got it, we were playing with it. And I was like, man, this is so cool. I wonder if like you can simulate being in a car with this. Like, uh, I wonder if they do that. This is where it started. <laughs> and this is where it started. So yeah. I got Dirt Rally 2 and I think I just tried it with a controller. I was like, wow, this is so cool. What's next? I need like, is there a good wheel or like yeah. that can make it feel more realistic? And they had, I went to the, my local Best Buy and they had like a Thrustmaster T150, yeah. uh, which was like 150 bucks or something. Yeah, on That's a lot of people's starter wheel. Right? Yeah. Either that or a Logitech. And so I, I went and grabbed that and I was like, this is mind-blowingly awesome. Like this feels pretty legit, um, but I, I need it to feel more legit. Me coming from, you know, autocrossing and with it, I actually depowered the power steering on the Miata. It's a popular <laughs> mod that a lot of people do for better steering feel. Oh, interesting. So going to the T150 with my real life driving experience is like, this is cool, but it's not convincing enough to where I need it to be. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to take it a little further. And that's when I ended up buying a, got the Fnatic Club Sport 2.5 wheelbase. Yeah, so that's a was, popular wheelbase, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like eight uh, newton meters, yeah. uh, like their best belt drive wheel. And then I ended up getting like the cheapest steering like the csl p1 it was like red alcantara it was mostly plastic yeah red, I think uh, or black before. alcantara with red stitching it yeah. looked good and it did the job perfectly fine yeah, i was basically trying to get the most bang for my buck so i put most of my money into the wheelbase and, and the pedals and then the steering wheel was just like i just need a it's a steering wheel i just need it to turn yeah and uh i just want the feeling to be good and so i actually mounted that to an ikea desk <laughs> <laughs> well it, you know what a lot of people that's how you start right um yeah and a, lo a lot of people still have those setups i, I think you know it works right you kind of just you do what you want it you it, it develops over time right and you just work with oh, what you have it's, right it snowballs yeah way and too you, quickly and you can be yeah. fast on lower end equipment like i i talked to people all the time and, and I go, you, you know, 
even though like I usually recommend buying certain equipment because I'm after the same, I'm after realism and immersion as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think you're the same way, but you know, you can still have a lot of fun and actually be really competitive on lower equipment. You'll just adapt to it. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So I guess that's kind of where it started. And then you're just next piece of equipment. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty aware of the, the, uh, the wormhole you go down. Yeah. The progression from there. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. So you mentioned, um, I think like what something you said about the VR, which I'm seeing happening now, and I'm curious what you think too. Like I'm noticing with the release of PSVR, it seems like it's sort of been like a more approachable VR or at least more sort of widely known about. Uh, and people are like trying Gran Turismo with a controller and then mm-hmm. realizing, oh, this would be amazing with like a wheel and pedals, right? Like I get yeah. a lot of comments like that from people like, oh, I tried PSVR. What should I do now? What rig should I get? Um, do you think like that's going to probably get more people into sim racing too? Oh, I think of course, cause yeah. a lot of people, I, they see, you know, Gran Turismo on a 2d screen and like, yeah, it's cool. But when you put the headset on and you're in the car, it's, it's just game changing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what got me into it and, you know, put me down a rabbit hole Yeah. and I can see that happening to a lot of other people for sure. I definitely think VR is going to become more the norm for sim racing, right? Just as the technology evolves. The only thing that's holding me back is I, I, I want like the best graphic fidelity. Like that's, yeah. that's so important to me because it takes me out of it if the graphics don't look good. And yeah, I just haven't tried a headset or I guess one that's really impressed me yet. But um, we're, we're on like the precipice of yeah. like great future technology five years maybe or something yeah it's it's getting a a little bit better i've i really want to try a pimax because my biggest issue with vr is actually the field of view okay um when i switch to triple screens i might like to race a little closer maybe a little too close to people (laughs) and so having that peripheral vision being able to see them the cars on my side is is really important to me and that yeah. way you know i can give a little nudge and uh mess around a little bit oh for sure but but yeah so the like that goggles feeling um that's really what takes me away from it and that's why i prefer yeah. triples but also you're trading that 3d depth of field which i mean you can't get that like you can in vr that's just you know yeah. I still have a, one of my best racing buds is he's like, we're like, get triples, get triples. And he's like, nah, <laughs> nah, VR is the way to go. So, yeah. Yeah. There's that's that, that I see is a constant debate online, right? Um, VR versus triples. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think it's at the end of the day, it's what, what works for you. But I think as the technology catches up, you're going to see some of those diehard triple guys go, okay, the VR looks approachable now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I, I'm curious to know, like, I selfishly kind of started this podcast too because I don't actually have a lot of friends or family that is in <laughs> sim racing. They, yeah. And I just wanted to talk to people about it. Um, they 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 don't really understand. I think when I tell them that I, I sim race, they're like, oh, you sim race? Oh, that's cool. Like like in the arcades, like cruising USA. Like I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a little different than that. And then until they come over and they see the rig, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're serious about this. This is yeah. nuts. Like what is I'm just curious, like what does your family and friends think about the sim racing? Like, is it is it something that's cool or they just don't understand your or they think you're nuts? So I <laughs> think initially <laughs> Yeah. Initially, I think everybody's like, Oh, you're just playing video like racing yeah, games. That's what they always you know, think. You're just 
it's just another form of video games. Yeah. And um, I think in the recent years now, I mean, my dad and my brother is all being very big car guys as well. And they watch, you know, YouTube car content. And when they see, oh, Ferrari has a racing simulator for their F1 team and yeah. Mercedes and and they all do hours and hours of practice and testing through this and they're like, oh, maybe that's maybe it is kind of legit. And then, you know, I've put them in the rig and like they try it out and like, whoa, this is they always getting into a sim rig for the first time is always a little challenging because you yeah. don't know the break zones and you don't every have that, person you know. that comes over here struggles, takes a couple laps. Yeah, but but they do get the feel for you know the wheel and like one of my buddies he's like he presses the pedal and he's like whoa what is this pedal's like the hardest thing I've ever pressed <laughs> and they start to appreciate you know okay this is this is pretty legit so yeah. I think it's turned around you know in the last couple of years you were taken a little bit more seriously but yeah initially yeah. this is like oh that's just like Fortnite but racing <laughs> I can literally when I tell people like sometimes you know you get in a conversation with someone they're like oh what's you know what do you do outside of work and with your hobby and i'm like oh i'm really into sim racing i got a youtube channel and they just see the judgment in their eyes of like what is this guy talking about <laughs> yeah. he plays, plays racing games but yeah I, I definitely see how people they change when they actually come over and they see like because i would say you and i have pretty pretty like substantial rigs right mm -hmm. and they, yeah. they kind of get it when they see it right but yeah it's it's funny how people have to adjust to it initially because you you you, you want to drive it like a you would drive a real car, but there is actually almost a difference to kind of retrain your mind, right? For sim racing yeah. a little bit, yeah, because you don't have the certain feedback of movement and stuff like that, right? So, um, yeah, it's, I always find it fun to watch people who haven't tried it for the first time and just kind of get blown away by it. It's it's my favorite thing to do. Like I had my mom in the rig the other <laughs> like a few weeks ago. I posted like a YouTube short of her uh she was like going so slow though like painfully slow i'm like mom yeah press the gas <laughs> she's like no i don't want to crash but she didn't crash my, once my uh my favorite is when i i get somebody in the rig that's all you know like oh i know how to drive i'm a good driver oh, yeah. and yeah. then they go in the rig and they go 150 miles an hour into a wall and it's like what happened <laughs> oh 100 it's always very humbling in the beginning for sure yeah yeah, for sure. But yeah, I love sharing it with people and, and there are a lot of people that generally get interested in it. So so let's talk about YouTube a little bit and then we'll we'll dive into a little bit more about sim racing. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I thought this would be interesting to do because we're kind of both in this sim racing YouTube space. I would say we're we're both pretty new at it too, right? Like there's yeah. been some guys that have been the OGs and been around for a while and um but I think there's always room for new content and different different opinions, right? Because I've always appreciated just from the review standpoint or, or getting settings or feedback or tutorials, the more, the more content that's out there, I think the better. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so what, what, how did you start YouTube? Like what made you, what was like, was it something went off in your head? Like, I'm going to try this and curious to know. So, I mean, like I said, I've always been watching YouTube. I've always watched car content on YouTube, uh, guys like TJ hunt, Adam LZ, uh, Rob Dom, um and plenty of others and me building uh you know growing up building this camaro as well yeah i huge regret that i didn't document that from the get-go oh, but sure. i mean at the time we started i might have been 14 15 or something yeah um but uh 
yeah, I've always, you know, kind of enjoyed watching that content and I've always kind of wanted to, you know, do that. And even gaming content as well. I was, I've always been a huge gamer. And you still play other actually, games or is sim racing kind of taken over now? Oh, no, I, so I've definitely toned down uh, all the other games. I've, sim racing has kind of taken over quite a bit. And in my, let's say like, so I actually stopped sim races at 2018, 2019 area. I stopped in between and I started actually gaming YouTube content. So I did like destiny Two uh, gaming, uh, call of duty, uh, yeah. modern warfare content. And, and I was actually going to start as a gaming channel, but as I was doing the content, I was starting to no longer enjoy it as much. Uh, it became, I had an issue. So I was very competitive. Yeah. Um, and I had an issue where I was constantly comparing myself to other competitive people. Yeah. Like I was pretty good. And that's a big uh, space, right? That sort of it's a very big space. Yeah. And I was pretty good. You know, I don't think I'm an esports pro or anything, but mm -hmm. you know, I could make some you know, pretty good game. You'd probably take me out pretty fast. But yeah, I would, I would, you know, make some fun gameplay and yeah. have some kind of similar style to what I do now, throw jokes and stuff and try to make it entertaining. But yeah, yeah. it is a very hard, uh, and very saturated market to break oh, into. 100%. Yeah. And, and I was kind of, you know, starting to not enjoy it as much. And, and I always wanted to get back into, to sim racing, but at the time I didn't have the space for it. So I ended up moving to a bigger place. And I was like, all right, now's the time I can get back into sim racing. And I want to switch my content to sim racing content because cars is a passion that I've always had since, you know, yeah. like I said, like day one and sim racing, I think more, it kind of aligns all the things I love. It's the gaming aspect, yeah. it's the technology aspect and it's yeah. the cars. Yeah. So it's just a merge of everything. So I was like, you know, I think, you know, I'd really enjoy this and, uh, and have, you know, a fulfilling and enjoyable time creating content yeah. around this so. and then the content comes out better too right i think yeah. like if you watch any like you know there's so many of these like how to start a youtube channel on youtube mm -hmm. and, but i would say like the most a lot of it's just crazy advice and doesn't work for everybody but some of it is just find the thing that you're the most passionate about and do that because yeah you'll, you'll less likely to burn out you'll enjoy it and you'll your viewers will be able to relate with you because i think people can tell when people are not genuine about content or something right yeah so. and, and i mean i've seen a lot of the people that i've watched growing up yeah you know 10 years into it and they have huge mental health challenges you know they always come out with that one video yeah. where you know they're burnt out and i i kind of foresaw that in the path that i was taking before and i was like i, I don't need to be the biggest YouTuber in the world or the wealthiest yeah. person in the world. I just want to do something that I'm passionate about yeah. and, and be able to sustain myself and just, you know, have a fulfilling life yeah. and being and filling out or fulfilling my creative, you know, ideas and stuff and just, you know, enjoy the time that I'm here. So yeah, it kind of like itches like a creative bone. And for me, that's so I kind of started because I, I kind of just have ADHD. I'm always like want to be doing something. And, yep. <laughs> and I just like, I don't know. I think it just came across me. I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos and sim racing and I was like, hey, maybe I should just give it a shot, right? Like, 
I just had an iPhone at the time, you know, mm-hmm. that had a decent camera and I'll just like, oh, I'll just film. Right. But it, for me, like, yeah, I would say like the most fulfilling part is it. And like, I have a day job. This is not, I don't think I'll be making a living from this anytime soon. If I could, that would be amazing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it just, it fills this creative thing that I never had that satisfaction before. Right. I actually enjoy the editing and the filming process. I, yeah. You seem like you might too. Right. I, I think maybe that's where you're coming from. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you're creating a little baby and yeah. Yeah. at the end, you know, you see what you've created and you're like, Oh, I, I like this. Yeah. You know, this was, this was good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, I can relate in the same way. Yeah, um, for sure. So like, what do you do when you're not doing YouTube? Like what's your, what's your day job or what's your other hobby? So we know kind of gaming obviously, but. So uh, uh, hobbies, I try to limit to just the gaming, like kind of keep it all in the same category because, you know, you can go too far and I got like 30 different hobbies. (laughs) But um, so I'm basically being that I'm still young and I yeah. have this opportunity, I'm basically putting all my energy into YouTube. So oh, that's awesome. I'm doing DoorDash for the flexibility of time. So right yeah. now, as a creator, I think you know how important yeah. time is and how yeah. much time it takes to create a video. And I'm I didn't know how to make videos when I started. Yeah. I still don't know a lot and I'm still trying to learn, you know, how to get better at audio, oh, video, sure. and everything in between. Yeah. So being that time is my most important resource right now. Yeah. The DoorDash gives me the flexibility to basically work as much as I want to or need to at the specific time. That's or, awesome. you know, yeah. I can go, hey, I, I've got a little caught up and I haven't really made enough content that I'm, you know, I feel a little like I'm not moving forward. It's, which is incredibly important to me to feel like I am progressing and moving yeah. towards my goals. So, you know, I can say, hey, I'm going to take some time more time for youtube this week and then you know oh hey if i need to make some more money next week i'll just you know i'll just work longer hours and and have that flexibility and and if an opportunity comes up for you know this hre open house hey i could get some cool footage as the hre open house yeah you know oh i can just take today off and and you know get some content for youtube so basically all my all my effort is youtube right now and every decision and choice i make is is basically to fulfill my dreams for youtube and you know if they don't work out that's okay i'll reevaluate and change my course later but while i have this opportunity now that's you know that's my goal no that's awesome that makes a lot of sense right like having that flexibility like yeah i've I've personally found it it's a challenge for me because i have more of like a steady hours that i gotta work or yeah. and actually a job that takes me kind of working after hours too and even on mm-hmm. the weekends because i'm in sales so i'm i kind of it's dictated by what my customers need and and trying to find new customers so it's like and i'll and i always put work as a number one for me the youtube is like when i have the time and it's i can be responsible about it that's when i do the youtube yeah. stuff but it's tough yeah because there's like i i started getting invited to like events and things like that or, or there's like a car show or something and it's like i want to just drop everything and go because it's like mm-hmm. like you said like you know you want to take those content opportunities when they come right but yeah, i think like the biggest thing like 
it's funny like people were asking me for advice on youtube I'm like you're asking me like i've been doing this like, <laughs> <laughs> like i have no idea what i'm doing but um they're like well you they're like yeah you you've clearly done something right and, and obviously you have too right to you know even like there's a lot of channels that don't even get past 100 or even past a thousand subscribers but i think like the con I think the biggest thing is consistency. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Right? Like, and that's I what mean, a lot of people say. I, I like, that's one of the challenges that I've been having. Me moving back to Southern California. Yeah. There's been a lot of complications in between, you know, that took, you know, a lot of time and getting back into, you know, the swing of things. Oh, yeah. That I have not been creating as much content and consistency as I would like to be. Mm -hmm. And 100% that shows in the numbers. And one thing I have huge respect for you is that I always see you've got a pretty consistent flow of content and mm -hmm. your channel growth reflects that. Yeah, so it's, it's major crazy. props to that. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's it. There's definitely a link there for sure. But I mm -hmm. find I don't know, like, what would you, do you think that would what's the biggest challenge for you with the YouTube? Would you say it's just the time or that like being consistent? Because I agree, like even with the sim racing stuff, it's hard because it, it takes a lot of time to kind of set up a video too. Oh yeah. Especially for me, like actually I found like reviewing products can sometimes be very difficult. You know, if Thrustmaster sends me a wheelbase, I've got to take like everything apart here and mm -hmm. like I've got it set up a certain way and it it actually does take a lot of time out, right? Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean I would say one of the most difficult things and working so when I've worked, you know, more regular jobs where I, you know, you have a set schedule. Mm -hmm. One of the issues I had was I kind of just go through the motions and then I kind of put my, the goals and dreams that I want to accomplish on the back burner because everything's going fine Yeah, and you know, things are okay and whatever. And now in the situation I, that I'm currently in, I have complete control of my time, mm -hmm. which is a wonderful thing, but also you have to be disciplined enough yes. to use your time wisely. Oh, there's so many times where I'm, I, and what's funny, do you find this too? Like, um, maybe this is an overshare from me, but sometimes I'm like guilt. I feel guilty. Like I'll sit on the couch. I'm like, I should be making a video right now. Oh, I shouldn't be sitting down. <laughs> I mean, I'll be, <laughs> but I'll I'm like, I don't have to. Yeah. Or sim racing. Actually yeah. what's, what's weird in a way. And doing this, I'm actually actually racing less than I was. Yeah. Um, and I'm not mad about it. I'm not saying like I actually because I do enjoy a lot of the content part of it. And I think you do too, right? Like, there's just as much satisfaction of making a great video than and winning a race too, right mm -hmm. on online. But yeah, it's finding a balance, I guess, right. But yeah, it sounds like you're you're doing all the right things. Um, yeah, you know, balance think, with with everything in life is one of the most challenging things to to yeah. find the perfect balance. And I'm constantly like reevaluating, okay, this didn't work out. Let's, uh, you know, change the trajectory and try to, you know, find something yeah. that, you know, where everything can flow naturally and, and work towards the goal and also not kill yourself in the meantime, in the I process know. of doing it. Yeah. But I think for us, like, it's a lot of this is like it's so fun right because we like mm -hmm. i think for me it's you're right it's the combination of i've always loved computers and tech like i'm just a huge nerd at heart and always loved cars and so it's like this is like this is the ultimate for us right yeah um so yeah that's really cool 
So I noticed now you've kind of, it looks like you've sort of shifted locations a little bit just because <laughs> there's a bit of a change. There's like an actual car behind you right now. So um, I'm curious, like what's going on here? Are you, it looks like you're in the garage now, which seems really cool. Yeah. So basically I was, my studio room was too hot and too small before and yeah. space was a real limiting factor. So I figured it can't get any hotter than it was in that room upstairs. Yeah. So the garage, at least being a more open space could potentially be better and I could crack it open or something if I need some airflow. But, and I do have some pretty sweet plans. Uh, the rig being that it's, it's quite a bit, a big rig already. Yeah. Uh, it's about to get a little bit bigger uh -oh. and a little bit noisier. So I was also upstairs as well. So being on the ground okay. floor um, was a big factor as well. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, basically the goal was, you know, more space for, to do better content with the studio. Yeah. Um, have it, you can see the green screen behind me. Now I can have a dead. I used to have it where I could put it away and if I need it, I'll take it out. And yeah, like you said earlier, setup time, you lose oh, yeah. so much time. I spent so setting. much time with yeah. that. Yeah. And my goal is, you know, just to have stations where I don't have to constantly be moving equipment, you know, yeah, because you'll just lose so much time and, and just that alone. So it also makes you like, like, so I think we were talking about that before is like the sort of, sometimes you just don't want to do, you just feel lazy. Right. But if you know, yeah. if it's like the stations already, cause that's what sometimes stops me from making a video is just thinking about like the process to get ready to do it. But if everything's set up, it's great to just jump. Yeah, I in. mean, it's like that with anything, like yeah. even with my sim rig, I, I'm very particular in what I add to my sim rig because if too. Yeah. there's extra steps that I'm going to have to do every time I want to drive, yes. that just means I'm less likely to do that driving. So same thing with content creation. If you know there's a bunch of extra steps to yeah. turn on the camera, then I'm less likely to turn on the camera. Yeah. So I think every YouTuber's dream is just like a turnkey studio, right? And I think like <laughs> yeah, I right. think that's what a lot of like people, other YouTubers, kind of uh, uh, aspire to achieve. Or mm -hmm. like you said, having stations like. Um, you know, my little sim racing den is, is I'm going to need a bigger den too, at some point. <laughs> um, but I keep, there's a room in the basement, which I'm supposed to be renovating. Um, uh, but speaking mm. of being lazy, I just, you know, yeah. finding the time to do like flooring and paint and like get it mm -hmm. set up, it just takes some time. But the garage is such a cool thing for sim racing, you know, and, um, you know, I think like, I was like, you, like you too, probably when I, when you saw like Will with his new garage studio, like how mm -hmm. awesome yeah. is that? Right? Yeah. I think awesome. every, all of us were very inspired by that and immediately wanted to move to our garage. So, but it makes so I, much, so much sense. I think yeah. we're, we're all trying to compete with a sim racing garage. We're all trying to be <laughs> sim racing garage too. Well, Barry's, Barry's the OG, right? Like, I think that was my, uh. And I did, I, I think, you know, he's, he's not doing a lot of content anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if he's kind of moving to something different or moving out of it, but yeah, I think like, you know, he kind of set the tone, right. For, yeah. you know, what, what a review looks like. I mean, there's no one that goes as in depth as, as him. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. that really inspired me. Like I, I would be like a little too afraid to take apart something because I wouldn't <laughs> be able to put it, put it back together. Like, especially if it was a unit that I bought, um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, most of the stuff I reviewed is stuff that I paid myself. And it's like, uh, do I really want to dismantle this for the sake of, you know, but yeah, yeah. no, it's, that's really cool. I'm I'm looking forward to, I'm sure there'll be like a, a big rig tour or reveal in the future. So I won't, I won't tell you to un unveil your plans right now for, for the surprise factor for your channel. Oh, 
I'm hoping to finally do a setup tour. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, it's like, oh, I should really do a setup tour. And then yeah. everything, I was like, oh, wait, but everything's going to change in like a couple of weeks. Yeah, you and can then, do more than one setup tour. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Setup yeah. tour every month of the year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think people enjoy watching it. Like, I think, like, you know, that's, I remember watching setup tours like to kind of inspired me to when I was building my own setup, right? Just to get ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like with sim rigs, like it's, everybody's setup is very personal. It's kind of like, it's kind of like your own car. It's like a reflection of you, right? The way you set up things or yeah. like you said, you like to, everything has to have a purpose and you don't want to have extra stuff, you know, like everyone kind of has their way of setting it up. And that's why people ask me all the time. Like I get comments like, Oh, how do I set? like, just set it up the best way for you. Like what's yeah. comfortable for you. What's going to work for you. You know, don't buy a bunch of like go slowly, you know, take your time mm -hmm. and get used to it. So. Um, that's kind of a good segue. Like what, what would be your advice to somebody brand new? Like if you have friends, when they ask you like about getting into sim racing, like what's, what is some of the advice you would give to like a new sim racer or someone who wants to start, doesn't have any equipment? So this is something I think about all the time. Yeah, me too. It's, it's hard because I think it really depends what your goals are and, and what like what you're trying to accomplish with sim racing so like if you just want to play racing games like gran turismo mm -hmm. and you just want it to be more fun a little bit more realistic but you don't care about you know making it as realistic as possible or the most immersive experience then i wouldn't recommend you go buy a simi cube 2 pro yeah and some you know Husingvelt pedals or something you know, you're probably better off with, you know, something like a Logitech G29 or, or a Fanatic CSL DD or, you know, something in, in that regard. But at the same time, I try to think of different scenarios and I'm like, okay, if your goal is just you want to race, like one thing for me is I race LMP2 currently in like GT3 pretty mm -hmm. much 95% of the time right now. Yeah. So that means most of my other equipment is actually not doing much for me. Like I don't need a shifter. I don't need a knee yeah. brake. Um, you don't really even need a fancy wheel. Um, so in that case, if you do want, if that's, if your goal is just to race, you know, and race, race cars as, as much as possible and competitively, then I would say just get the, you know, the best, uh, load cell uh, pedal you can get the best wheelbase you can get and then try to squeeze in you know a decent wheel but don't I wouldn't personally recommend it's kind of like I think a good analogy is with water-cooled computers so oh, don't get me started on that <laughs> Yeah, that's. I'm glad to have gotten. I did my water cooler yeah, PC. I, I, I did a couple of them, and I moved on, and I'm happy to be moved on. But my recommendation with water cooling computers was always get your baseline, your main hardware, the best you can, because you're gonna spend a lot of money on the fancy stuff, the water cooling, just to make it look pretty or run yeah. slightly better. And if you don't have the best hardware to combine that with then you're kind of just throwing your money away so oh, if you if you water cool a 4070 well you're going to spend 
hundreds and hundreds of dollars for all the water cooling equipment to water cool at 4070 when you could have had a 4090 for the same or less than you would have spent to do that yeah very good advice. so with sim racing i would say get the best pedals and wheelbase that you could get and then you know, build up all the other fancy stuff over time because really what it comes down to is the racing experience that's the core of the experience and you want that to be the best all the add-ons are just cool to have on top of that that's so, really good advice actually that i think you summed it up really well um that makes a lot of sense because like i remember i bought a bunch of stuff like i bought a handbrake and then i never did rally i just yeah. all i do is gt3 it pretty much like i actually kind of want to try lmp2 been watching Le Mans. it's kind of making me want to jump in those cars now um but yeah that's the thing like kind of figure out what your focus is right mm -hmm. or maybe figure out what what your favorite sim is and then build things around that of what yeah. you're going to be driving and i think the experience will be better right um but for most people if you just want to jump in some road cars once in a while and play a set of course or gran turismo like you said like you don't need to have the SimiCube 2 Pro or ne necessarily, right? Or these high-end high -end wheelbases and pedals, right? So, yeah, it's, not, Which, it's good advice. Going back in time, when I had my CSW 2.5 Fanatic wheelbase, yeah. at that time, if I had never sold it and temporarily got out of sim racing, I feel like I could have been happy with that thing for a long time. I've heard I that's mean, really good. I've never tried one. You know what's funny? I was I, I visited for the first time, there's like a sim racing center that's sort of east of the city here um okay. i'm actually going to be doing some content with them soon which is going to be really cool awesome. they have this like full um how do i describe it it's like this full motion rig that's like suspended in the air and like turns around and like you may have seen pictures of these things before oh yeah yeah this is like over a hundred thousand dollars like yeah. easily easily so they have one of those but then they have in the front they have um i should have shout them out they're called hip motorsports so they've got um all these different you know rigs in the front where people compete mm -hmm. and they have league nights and they're still using like csw 2.5s on there um which is a great wheelbase right yeah it is um, it is and really good for being competitive too as well right because sometimes more force feedback can actually hinder you sometimes right if if competition is your goal yeah then hundred thousand dollar sim rigs do not align with that goal at all yes. realistically i mean how many times <laughs> how many times have we heard oh this 16 year old with a logitech g29 won this championship and yeah. smoked everybody else so yeah. really this stuff all the you know the high tech and the really nice equipment is fantastic for immersion yes um i don't know <laughs> if you could hear the noises in the background a little bit not really i live next to a park and there's children <laughs> uh, out there um, you're gonna have to figure that out when you're recording yeah, videos right? in there right? I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have that you're uh, gonna need some NVIDIA. sound deadening or something <laughs> what's that um nvidia have you seen where they it can take out like vacuuming noises out of your microphone it's oh uh, is it a nvidia thing broadcast. yeah oh okay it's uh got something to do with uh the these AI days there's an ai for everything yeah, right yeah. um i just feel like ai just kind of all of a sudden just started taking over everything I feel like I was the last one to know about it because I kind of was, <laughs> no, I, it's weird. Like I was kind of outside of it. I just feel like I was hearing about it, but I didn't really understand what the capabilities are of it. I mean, it's even, it's coming into sim racing. I have, uh, I'm in some beta for, from driver 61. I don't know if you heard about the trophy AI. It's no. like a tool to, I guess, opt, you know, 
how to optimize your lap times and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Going too slow or too fast or whatever. So I haven't dived in a whole bunch, but it's got the AI badge. So just another one to, uh, <laughs> oh, there's so many use cases for AI and sim racing. Like that's actually a really good oh, one. For right? sure, like, yeah. Analyzing yeah. racing. I mean, well, there's obviously AI in, in the opponents. Um, you know, some of the games are getting better in terms of the computer. Like if you're just want to race against AI, um, mm -hmm. some games, they can be pretty bad, <laughs> just like really bad and just want to take you out for some reason. But, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Like I just seen like the development, but even for content creation, you know, there's some uses to it in terms of editing things and cleaning oh, yeah. up things. Like there's definitely, you can optimize a lot of your workflow through that for sure. It is so. the best time to be a content creator yes. right now. It's so much, you have so much tools to your advantage yeah. that, you know, really anybody with not much can, can make some. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like I was trying out a tool the other day. It can take a, a long form video and like make it into like a really cool short with the text and like, mm, you know, yeah. just exactly what you need. Right. Um, but all these things cost money. That's the other problem <laughs> is they get you with the trial and then they're like, well, if you oh. want 60 more minutes of shorts, you're going to have to pay this much a month. Right. But everything's got a subscription nowadays. Oh yeah. I, I don't, I think I look at the bill at the end of the month. I'm like, I don't remember how, when did I sign up for all subscriptions? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've even, was it Mercedes or was it BMW that if, when you buy a new car, if you it's want BMW and I was so mad yeah. about this, I heard about it. Yeah. This. You'd have to have a subscription for like features in your car to get are... like CarPlay or something yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I thought that was like the silliest thing with cars. Right. Um, yeah. But so with your rig, like one of the things that's always stood out to me, um, like you went with big monitors, like you've got, I think they're what, 48 inch monitors. Yes. Yes. 48 um, inch. Did you have like, so what has been your experience like with the bigger monitors versus smaller? Did you have smaller monitors when you started? Like a lot of like, this is like, I get this, I get comments about this a lot, right? Is like, what monitor should I get? Like, what are some of the pros and cons? like that you've sort of found do you think all right i'm gonna throw a future youtube video into a condensed segment here okay so i've tried ultra wide i've tried a big tv yeah i've tried um 27 inch triples yeah. 32 inch triples and now 48 inch triples okay really all of them are fine uh when it comes to triple screens my issue with 27s i could honestly have lived with them and been totally happy mm -hmm. the content creation is what really motivated uh yeah me to to go that way it does and look really cool it does look really and now that i have it i mean it's it's the way to go it's, yeah it's, it's awesome <laughs> you can't go back now i feel like yeah. it's one of those things once you've and that's why i'm like afraid to well not if i do it i do it right but i've been yeah on the fence of do i need to replace my 32s right but but at the same 27s are great 32s are great and really my recommendations would be based on where you're gonna put the monitors yeah. and i think how tall you are could be a factor because when i set up triple screens one of the most important things to me is setting the eye level right at the center of the screen yes very important I, 
iRacing, you can actually, it doesn't matter for iRacing because there's in-game adjustments. Yeah, you can do the invert um, Y or something it's called, yeah. Yeah, and it'll actually, it'll change like um, the horizon or, or, yes. uh, and get it to the eye level and the screen to screen um, will still be seamless and look proper. Whereas I believe like ACC and some of the other Sims, you can actually adjust the pitch, but if your head is not level with the center of the screen, yeah, the your like a, a railing would look like this instead of like this. Yeah, they get warped. Yeah, these things yeah. are important actually for setup. So, for me, like thirty-two inch, when I I had it right behind the st steering wheel at thirty-two inch, fourteen forty p. I didn't like the the pixel density because it was too close. Mm -hmm. But if I was going to put it farther away than 30, like maybe right behind the wheelbase or on top of the wheelbase, which that's where height starts playing. Yeah. If you're a really tall person, you might be able to afford to put a screen on top of a wheelbase because you, your you know, head's going to be much higher relative to, uh, you know, your wheel. Yeah. Um, but if you're shorter, then you might start getting issues with things being warped. Um, so then you would have to push it uh, behind the wheelbase. So in that case, for me, I would go 32 if I wanted it farther away. Yeah. And if I wanted it closer, then I would do 27 inch for the sharper picture of the, the better pixel density. And and then 48, I mean, if you just want to kind of ball out and have <laughs> epic experience, yeah, you get the benefit of more FOV. Um, like right now I'm running 210 degrees of a field of view, which is like wow. the natural eye, um, like the human eyes FOV is I believe about 210 FOV. Okay. So I can't see anything other than screen uh, to the side of me. Yeah, it's I'm, like real, like you'd have like your real blind yeah. spot in a car, let's say. Uh, which is, I mean, it's more than you need, but it's it feels cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think really all of them, are fine and the position is the most important factor. Yeah, that's what I've told people too, is I said, whatever you end up doing and, and you, like everyone's gonna have different parameters like space, right? Like I actually don't have the space to have like the screens you have in this current setup here. So 32s is, I'm kind of like barely enough space for it. But I just tell people like, if you set it up properly, it's, it's gonna look good, right? There's yeah. pros and cons to every situation, right? Oh. I would say what's more important is the panel technology you choose. Yeah. Like, I would always recommend IPS. I mean, monitors have come down in price. Yeah. So I would rather have a 27 inch IPS monitor than a 32 inch VA monitor, for example. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's just because you get better colors, uh, better viewing angles, which for triple screens can be important as well. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Every VA monitor I ever had has always had some weird like scan lines that showed mm. up or, or ghosting. So yeah, I would say choose your your panel technology. If you can get IPS in your budget, then choose that first, and then choose the size and and figure out you know where your your monitors are going to be. Yeah, um, you know, try to find the specs of the size of you know how big the monitor is, and you know, do some measurements from on your rig and see. Okay, if I put it here, the center line is going to be here, whatever, and have that be kind of your deciding factor. Yeah, no, that's really good advice for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, some of these things are that I find the hardest part for people when they're deciding on this. Sometimes the wheel and pedals are almost easier. It's like the the computer stuff and the monitors, it, it yeah. does get it does get tricky, right? But there's there's some common sense to it and and thinking about what works. So on your like with your rig right now, like what what do you think is like your most like favorite piece of hardware or like the thing like you could not live without? Like I recently did a video like this, like a sort of my five must haves now after trying out a bunch of things. Like what are some of your top top things that you've tried or you have like as far as wheels or accessories? What's your go tos? Mm, it's a tough one. I, it's tough because I've like I've thought about it and um there's a lot of times where I feel like it would take adjustment to, you know, go back down to a much simpler setup, mm -hmm. but I, over time I could, I'd be able to figure it out and get it done and go back to driving well again. So I feel like I'm not glued to any specific device. Like, you know, if I had to live on a little hut in the mountain in the <laughs> simple life, I could go back to that yeah. and adjust over time. So but if I was to choose one device, I mean, it might be the, the triple screen setup. Like, yeah, that's it, it might be the triple I was going to say, setup, because yeah. I, I it sounds like like that's something that you you really enjoy. Right. Like yeah. That, that experience for sure. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've switched in planning for some review videos. I've switched from my semi queue back to my Fanatic uh, DD2, which is still a competing very high in wheelbase. Yeah, what's the verdict there? Are you still um, like I I was in this situation. I sold the DD1 um, yeah. that I had and I stuck with the SimiQ, but I I found that like at the top end these wheelbases they're 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 so subtle, but just for me I didn't I don't know if it was just the novelty of something new, but the SimiQ just did for me personally just feel better. I don't know what it was specifically. It was a few things, but it's very subtle like you said yeah there there are things that i do think actually feel better on the semi cube mm -hmm. but i can go back to the dd2 and be like this feels yeah really like good i drove a, D a dd2 at an event the other day and and it felt great like it just felt yeah. just as good like i didn't feel like i had there was a lot of adjustment or anything like that uh, or i didn't feel like it was a lesser now that i've been racing on the semi cube so yeah, they're very similar. No, yeah, I think I mean, I think they come down to back to what your goals are in sim racing. Like, you want to be the most hardcore immersive, then yeah, go semi queue. But you want to just kind of hop on and do a couple of races and not worry about a bunch of you know different programs and settings. Mm -hmm. You just want things to be simple. Then the DD two does the job, yeah. and it's and you can just go watch Aero Veloce's setting videos where he goes yeah, there you go. He's very good at that. <laughs> See how I plugged you there? Yeah. There you go. There you go. So what do you think, like, in terms of, um, this may be a tough question, but, like, what do you kind of think, like, the state of the sim racing industry is right now? Like, we've got, you know, it seems like more players kind of entering it. Like, I think Ace Tech Sim Sports came come in, kind of, like, shook things up a little bit and gave people another option. Like, you know, they came in really hot and, like, ready to go. Um, you know, they have a lot of capital and a lot of, um, resources behind them, which makes sense. But from the reviews that I've seen, like, it seems very positive, but I haven't tried anything other than the pedals, but like, what do you think the state of the industry is right now? Like with, or maybe a better question is what do you think is missing from sim racing that you've thought about? 
so hardware wise, I think, I mean, we're in a fantastic position of hardware. I mean, there's so many options now. There's great budget options now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, incredible high end options now with those semi cube pedals. Now we got force feedback pedals. So, yeah, from a hardware standpoint, it's like almost what else can you want? Uh, And really, I think from the hardware companies, what I want is better software. <laughs> yeah, because I uh, I feel like our sim racing software is still all like ten or fifteen years behind. I think some of the newer companies, like Asetech, uh, like all their software looks a little bit more updated. Yeah, and we're kind of getting there. Everybody's kind of you know in a transition period with updating everything, but a lot of stuff definitely still feels like it's. Uh, really uh really old school and i think what what i'm most looking forward to in sim racing is also the software you know the simulators themselves um because even then like my favorite sim right now is iRacing yeah and they're doing great jobs with with the updates but it still looks i mean yeah it looks a little bit old you beat me to my um, next question because i was going to yeah. ask you what what your favorite sim is and for me it's iRacing too it, it, i i seem to always keep coming back to iRacing um i'll jump in acc but then i kind of like i miss iRacing I, I don't know what it is and i don't have real life race car driving to compare to it just i don't know iRacing just feels more at home for me um but you're right the graphics like need some update for sure graphics and and i mean I was I was thinking about this yesterday and sim racing is a hard it's a hard hobby to get into cuz like you said you know you got to have the setting up the computer is difficult yeah. and I've even at SEMA when I met the podium one guys they they know all these you know well off guys that buy these high end rigs and then they're racing back on console again cuz they don't want to deal with all the hassle oh, interesting. Of the yeah. stuff and they just want the simplicity of the console. So that is a real hurdle that I think maybe that's where sim racing kind yeah. of needs to, to, to tackle is making it more easily accessible. I mean, we're getting there with more accessible like hardware. Um, but, but even then I think what I would like to see is better console support. Because console is the gateway drug, right? That's yeah, you know, yeah. that's where everybody starts and gets more in. cross compatibility, even maybe, right? If if we could get like cross play, and you know, like one of the issues with ACC console is they get their updates like a year or six months later after PC gets yeah. it, and even then, like some people say, it doesn't feel quite the same as it does on PC. So I think if because sim racing is also it's not the biggest. It's really niche, right? It's not the biggest. Yeah, uh, and it's you know, in the gaming right. Space. It's not cheap to get into. I mean, it's, and it's not cheap to get it into. Is, even the cheapest stuff yep. can still be an expensive endeavor for somebody, right? So, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you just like okay, you buy a, a console to game, you three hundred bucks, four hundred bucks, five hundred yeah. bucks, and then you're done. You got the console. Yeah, sim racing, you know. Okay, you spend, let's say you get a $300 wheel, dollar wheel and pedal. Yeah. And then you either need a console or you go to a PC and you say you spend 800 on a PC or 1000 on a PC and then you need to get a monitor. They need and, a rig and a seat and all this. Yeah. yeah. So that quickly adds up. So if we can 
bring the barrier down as much as possible and also have the entire community still uh race together yeah i think participation is really important i've thought about that a lot like the cross play like yeah yeah, we should be able to compete together right Uh, maybe they could bring iRacing to console that'd be cool right and if iRacing can can race because even i mean i've joined some races in iRacing i tried to do like formula a uh one time and there was nobody in there and you know the race didn't happen Mm. and so i think as many people we need to focus on getting as many people into it as possible to help it grow because when there's nobody in a race you don't want to be the person i'm not going to join and be there by myself when there's five people in there it's kind of like acc servers you join an acc server that has like three people in it and all of a sudden people start jumping in and it's like 15 people uh but if you join one with like zero and you hope you're just that one guy in there then you're pretty much a ghost in the wilderness (laughs) so so true but the software thing is it's actually um, it's interesting you brought that up because i haven't thought about that a lot but you're right like i I mean, I've got like 10, I'm exaggerating, not 10, but like I have a lot of different software programs. Yeah. Start up yep. your computer. Okay. you got to boot up true drive. Got to boot up this. Uh, some of the settings you got to change. Like if, you know, I'm, I kind of will have different settings for different cars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing I miss the most about Fnatic. Same here. Is the, like the automatic profile switching. Like I don't understand if Simicube, if you're listening to our podcast right now, <laughs> please, can you give me, um, true pro true drive like switching profiles automatically because i yeah. use like i'll use like morad's gt3 profile mm-hmm. for most of like what i do for gt3 but then you know if i jump into acc i might use dan suzuki's acc profile yeah i just want that to switch automatically because it's just yeah. one less thing i have to do right like crew i can get crew chief to start up automatically i can get a lot of other things to do automatically but yeah or maybe somebody can in- invent or maybe sim hub can figure out how to incorporate more stuff into their program yeah right, right. like thankfully yeah. sim hub makes it simple for i'd say like all those little extras you know like the like your haptics like my butt kickers mm-hmm. and dash displays like what's great about sim hub is that that can manage actually a lot of things and do things automatically and switch i just wish that was the case for all the other software but that's yeah that's- it might be a tough ask but i think you're on to something in terms of like just like let's open things up a little bit let's more more cross compatibility more compatibility in general i think will be better for everybody right um, yeah for sure absolutely um i would love to see like gran turismo on pc <laughs> that was a rumor right? that was a yeah. rumor a while back but i don't know if, how much validity there is to it it's just because i actually Sometimes when I want to break from sim racing, which seems seems like a weird thing to say, but sometimes I just want to sit on the couch with a controller mm-hmm. and play Gran Turismo. But you know, to build another setup just for Gran Turismo and console wouldn't wouldn't make sense, right? Yeah, necessarily. So it'd be cool if that could come to PC. But yeah, yeah. can only wish, right? <laughs> I mean, thankfully, like you said, Sim Hub is kind of like the savior of sim racing, and I yeah. think has elevated sim racing quite a bit. Yeah, um, and We've gotten to the point, like you said, I get most of my stuff that kind of just works automatically. Yeah. yeah. And I also kind of try to make sure my decisions towards what I buy for my rig has that feature. Yeah. Because like we said earlier, any extra step is just, you know, real first world problem. Yeah. But yeah, you're less likely. Yeah. If you're going to buy accessory, you usually make sure it works with works with SimHub before. Yeah. Just So, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, so what's, uh, so what's next for the Aerovaloche channel? So I guess kind of building out the studio, but is there anything you want to kind of, um, tease the viewers a little bit as to what's coming up next for you? So sim racing, as, as I said earlier, I've, I'm putting all my effort into YouTube. Like yep. while I'm young, I'm going to take all the risks. Yeah. Now's the time. And sim racing is not necessarily my end all be all. Mm -hmm. Um, if, uh, if you've watched YouTubers like TJ hunt and Adam LZ and Rob Dom, they all, uh, like build cars mm -hmm. kind of like what I got going back there. And eventually I don't want to necessarily transition out of sim racing, but I kind of just want to be everything car content related. Yeah. So, you know, I'd like to do track days and, um, and kind of also be, you know, another resource for, Hey, how does this feel in real life? And how does this feel in the sim and, and kind of bring those worlds together. That's cool. Um, yeah. I want to bring, you know, my, car building uh culture that i kind of grew up in and that kind of hot roddy feel uh you know into my channel as well and you know i would like to uh the problem with that camaro there is so everything on that car it's not like a a regular camaro this thing is like every bolt on the car was replaced with uh arp bolts which are really nice uh automotive um bolts mm -hmm. and we replaced pretty much every single one in the car and that's a nice that's a very nice bolt to to replace it with but not only did we replace it well i spent i don't know how many days on a lathe machining the head of every bolt just to take out a little bit of extra weight off of that bolt amazing and then we <laughs> then we bead blasted them and I, did we electro nicholas played them or something so we basically got a super nice piece and made it even nicer and that's everything we've done to the car Man, so i feel like i'm talking to my people i, I love this, this ocd-ness it's just i have such an appreciation for the details and things so that's really so cool. the problem with that is everything on that thing takes a ton of time and a yeah. ton of money so as much as i would like to just like oh, i'm gonna put all my focus into working on finishing that there's a lot of resources that i have to get to to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So I'm more focused on the sim racing now. And, uh, I, one of my plans is to get something like, kind of like how I had my MX five before I want to get a reasonable track toy that I could do some reasonable mods and, you know, take that auto crossing or take that to the track and kind of have like a hub of different projects going on. Yeah. Just and, kind of, uh, yeah. Different makes sense. Content. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. It sounds really neat. I could see some, you could do some track in the in the actual basel on the on the track and then do some stuff in iRacing and that could be really cool right yeah which we just got willow springs in iRacing. oh yeah very, that's not very far from i me, actually so. haven't even tried yeah. it yet i i should yeah. jump on that um i think i think i'm going to do some racing tomorrow kind of like to wake up sunday mornings and that's kind of when i will dedicate some time for racing for sure yeah yeah well seth it was like I know we're going to talk again, so this isn't, this is just goodbye for now. This isn't goodbye forever, but I thank you for, um, for being on the podcast. I think, I think maybe you and I could do this again or do it regular. I think it'd be a cool, cool thing to do. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that setup tour soon. I know it's going to look awesome. 
Um, and if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Aero Veloce. I will have a link in the description to his channel. Definitely check it out. Like, comment, do all those things. Give him some support. You know, us, us sim racer YouTubers need the support. So, yeah, this was a lot of fun, and I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Like I said, I was I was looking forward to this. I was I've been wanting to do something like this or talk or yeah. race. We got to race sometime or something. Because I, Just... I mean, we I chat with you all the time, and you know, <laughs> oh, that's the cool upgrade you got on you posted yeah. on Instagram or something. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm happy to be here. This was a good time. And awesome. I look forward man. to doing some more stuff. I enjoyed future. it. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.